it makes a difference, especially when you're interviewing people from all over the world, because not everyone has English as a first language. And sometimes you'll have a very heavy accent, or you don't know if they're joking or not, if you can't see their face. So you don't kind of know how to say the next thing. You don't want to offend somebody. So it's, it's nice to watch their facial expressions. Welcome to the Geopets podcast, where we talk to people who are connected to and impacted by many different cultures. We usually talk to folks about things like books, coffee, podcasting, creating language, and all kinds of other things. And we are doing that today. This is a podcasting show. We're talking to Heather from the podcast with the very long name, which is Life in the Land of Ice and Snow, a lovely name with the book that preceded it. But before that, this is normally where I say, if you like the podcast, please go on to Podchaser and tell us what you think. But instead today, because of the world being upside down, I'd like to ask you to please go online and reach out to someone you haven't talked to in a while and check in and see how they're doing. All right. Heather is the host of the Land of Ice and Snow podcast. She is a Texan who made the long journey to Sweden many years ago, trading in cowboy hats, horses, and oil wells for dancing like a frog and listening to mandatory ABBA music. She works in copywriting and the podcast that we are going to talk about quite a bit today since this is a podcasting show. We're going to talk about her setup, her challenges, her co-hosts, her guests, and all kinds of things connected to this really fun and lighthearted podcast that, come to think of it, would be a really good thing to listen to a lot of right now. Life in the land of ice and snow. Let's get to Heather, shall we? Hello, Heather. Thank you for coming back. On the Geopaths podcast, on the Global Podcaster Show. Yes. Hello. <laughs> and because it's Global Podcasters, you are a podcaster, you're also an expat, and you live in Sweden, correct? That's right. First and foremost, tell the listeners about your podcast before we get into the details of it. Sure. So I'm an American who moved to Sweden 20 years ago, and I found it very difficult when I first came here, and there weren't podcasts, and the internet was pretty slow, so I had a hard time finding out how to do things. So then I would write uh, blog posts and emails to my friends, but I would always try to make them positive and funny, just about the weird stuff that I observed. So a couple of years ago, a friend... Uh, who has a podcast, suggested that I should do the same thing with a podcast for expats. And I thought, oh, what a good idea, because it would feel good, I think, to have someone share the same concerns, like, oh, God, here's how I embarrass myself in Swedish, and <laughs> here's how I didn't understand this cultural norm. And it's actually been going quite well. There's um, no lack of guests. <laughs> we have so many expats here that we have a lot of people who want to be on and talk about their experiences. But we try to get people from all over the world that have come to Sweden, because I think it's more interesting that way to find out a little more about other people and their cultures too. And I mean, because I know what an American's going to think about Sweden. So I want to hear what everybody else thinks about Sweden and what they had to change. Exactly. And I love that about your podcast is I'm learning about two different countries at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it also makes it interesting for me. I suppose I should say the name of the podcast. It's called Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. Which is a very long name. <laughs> yes, and I regret that. I wrote a book with the same name a few years back and I thought, oh, well, I'll just name the podcast the same thing. 
big mistake because I forget every time I say it or if somebody wants to type it in, it might take a while to type in life in the land of the ice. (laughs) I mean, it is a great descriptive name. It's just a little hard to find you in a, a podcast app at first, but whatever. We we, perse- we persevere. <laughs> yeah, that's why I tell people, okay, once you find it, just hit subscribe so you don't have to type all that in again. How do you normally record your podcast? I don't use the computer to record. I actually have my own setup and my own equipment. So I will go to a place like a, usually an open workspace that happens to have a podcast booth. There's a few of them around here. Or we'll record at the person's conference room or one of my co-host conference rooms. So just wherever we can find it. The only drawback is having to lug all that equipment around because I you know, I walk and take the subway and bus and I have to carry this heavy backpack full of microphones and things. What equipment do you have? No idea. Hold it's actually sitting right <laughs> next to me. <laughs> uh let's see what it is. It's a little to me it looks a little old fashioned. And some of the people who are very much into tech and computers and music seem to think that my setup is hilarious. So I don't know if they think it's cool or it's retro <laughs> or just they can't believe I use them. I'm curious. Of course, I can't get it out of the bag. There we go. Um, it is a Boss Digital Recorder BR-800. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> My husband does a podcast, and they have more advanced equipment, so I got their old equipment. Oh, so okay. Yeah. So that, wow, so you record with that and with just two or three mics plugged in? That's right, Yeah. It can have up to four, but I only have three mics. So when we are four people, uh, two of us usually share. <laughs> wow, that, that does look pretty heavy. I'm looking it up <laughs> online now. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's pretty large. I have a really big backpack that I carry that in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you usually record in person, right? Yes, always in person. Is, is there a reason why you chose to just do in person? Because Is it because you're trying to cover stuff in Sweden and people are right there? Pretty much. And I think uh, you get a good conversation going when it's face to face. And uh, people tend to loosen up a little bit more, especially people who have never been on a podcast or anything like that. They're always a bit shy at first. But when you're face to face, at least for me, it's easier to get them to start talking. I couldn't agree with you more. I I kept doing uh, video recordings. And now that my internet is, mm, let's hope, temporarily horrible uh I'm doing just (laughs) audio ones and I find it so much harder to follow like I really need people's facial expressions and I need that visual connection when I'm talking to someone and I didn't realize that yeah it it makes a difference especially when you're interviewing people from all over the world because not everyone has English as a first language and sometimes you'll have a very heavy accent or you don't know if they're joking or not if you can't see their face. So you don't kind of know how to say the next thing. You don't want to offend somebody. So it's it's nice to watch their facial expressions. That's a good point. I was going to say the good thing about meeting people in person is sometimes people bring me gifts. Uh, I've had a lot of people bring me chocolate and food. So it's... (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I'm switching over today. This is my last digital call. No way. Yeah. Wow. Well, you can kind of sense that listening to your podcast, that there, there definitely is that camaraderie in that. And I'm wondering 
how much you guys do before, like when you're sitting down with the equipment and talking to someone, what do you do to kind of prep them and loosen them up before? And do you guys end up going out for drinks or dinner afterwards? Because it, it feels like it's, it, it, the interview is just a part of a whole or a, a bigger experience. Yeah, that's right. And I'm glad you get that vibe from it. That's pretty much exactly how it goes. However, there's almost no preparation. And that's the way that uh, my co-host and I prefer it, because we think it's more fun to just discover things. So while we're setting up, or if the person comes early, we make light small talk, but we will flat out say, we don't want to know anything about you until we start recording. (laughs) Because it's usually funnier to get our reactions over things. Like the other day we had someone, all I knew was that she was originally from Germany and we're all chatting with her. And then it ends up, I said, oh, do you remember the wall coming down? Are you too young? And she said, well, I was three years old, but I was born in East Berlin. And then all of us just went crazy. Whoa, now we have to hear about that. (laughs) It was fascinating. But I I think then you get a genuine relationship reaction if you don't know what that person's going to say and what their backstory is. But yes, actually, I've made friends with so many people I've had as guests. Mm -hmm. So that's just a bonus to doing this podcast. And sometimes we'll go out for dinner or drinks afterwards. So it's really (laughs) great. We've met so many fun people. And you mentioned co-hosts, and I forgot to mention that. Um, You have a few different co-hosts. Yes, I have two co-hosts. I started it out by myself. And then I figured, well, it's a little easier to keep the conversation going with more people. And my friend Monica had volunteered to be a co-host anytime. So I started having her as a co-host. And um, that works pretty well, but she has a busy schedule. So sometimes it's just me and then she joins when she can. But I really liked having somebody extra. So then we decided to add one more. And that way, usually I can get one or the other to be available during an interview. So our other co-host is Diego, and he's from Mexico City, and Monica is from Dallas, and I'm from Houston. So we got like the lower part of North America covered. I was going to say two Texans and a Mexican. I see where you're going with this now. (laughs) Well, you have to imagine that most conversations during the podcast turn to food. (laughs) Of course they do. We all love Mexican food. (laughs) That's one of the first things I ask someone when I'm like, oh, you're from where? Oh, great. Tell me about food. What can what can I drool over? <laughs> well, almost every single person, it doesn't matter what country they're from, who they are. If you ask them, what do you miss most besides friends mm-hmm. or family? It's always food. That's the number one thing. Very true. So, okay. Who did you think your audience was going to be when you started the podcast? I thought the audience was going to be uh, other expats and and newer people who have just moved to Sweden. But the Mm -hmm. funny thing is, it's turned out to be about half and half. I would say that half of the audience are Swedes, uh, at least from the feedback I'm getting, because as I say, oh, you want to hear what we're saying about you. (laughs) But they find it pretty funny because they'll, you know, when we point out things that Swedes do, they'll Mm -hmm. say, oh, you know, yes, I do the exact same thing. And now I feel so embarrassed. I never noticed that before. (laughs) So that's kind of funny at the same time. So wait, are you saying it was like half Americans, half Swedish people? Not half Americans, half expats, just so people who have moved to Sweden. I mean, the majority is half people who've moved to Sweden, but half Swedes listening 
because they think it's funny to hear what everybody thinks is weird or funny about Sweden. And then just random, like, um, I also have people's friends and families that have moved. They want to know more about the country where their loved ones have moved to. So they also, I get a lot of listens for that too. So it's kind of fun because then it helps people to learn a bit about Sweden when they didn't know much. Hello, I'm Katie Sewell. And I'm Tiffany Parks. In 2013, I quit my job as a senior producer for public radio and I moved to Rome temporarily, just for a year. A move that was completely out of character for you, by the way. Yeah, no kidding. I was definitely the play it safe, get a job, hold on to it, work your way up kind of person. And when I fell in love with Italy and Rome specifically as a teenager, I just decided on a whim to move here over a decade ago with no real plan other than to find a way to stay no matter what. And I am still here. It worked. And that's where our podcast, The Bittersweet Life, begins in Rome five years ago. And if you listen, don't be afraid to start from the beginning. Rome really comes alive in those older episodes. The Bittersweet Life is a weekly show about living abroad or wanting to live abroad. Our listeners regularly ask us some pretty deep questions like, how do you choose a path without regretting it? Or how could I be less lonely? Lots of our listeners have made big changes because of the show. One recently moved to Spain, another quit her job as a lawyer and moved to Milan. There are lots of travel podcasts that will help you find a good piece of pizza. The Bittersweet Life explores not just how to live in a foreign place, but how to live. And we promise if you listen regularly, you'll start to think about your own life differently as well. It's weekly, it's funny, it's thoughtful. Some of the world's best writers and thinkers regularly stop by. Just search for The Bittersweet Life wherever you get your podcasts or visit thebittersweetlife.net. And you mentioned feedback, which is like the holy grail of podcasting. It's such a silent medium on so many levels. Where do you get your feedback and how do you encourage more of it? I have a Facebook page for the podcast, so I get some of my feedback there. It's usually in private messages, and it's great because sometimes people will suggest topics that they think I should cover or they'll just, uh, it's really flattering when somebody writes and says, Oh my God, I just discovered your podcast. And it's really helping me. I just moved here six months ago. It's really funny. I mean, just that feels great. And then for other ones, especially the Swedish ones, they're usually friends of mine or acquaintances that I'll meet at parties and they'll say, Oh, I listened to your podcast. Oh, you should you should talk about this. And this is so great, because that's what I do. And that feels really good. So I'm glad that people are enjoying it. Did you tell people you were doing a podcast from the beginning? Or did you wait a little while and see how it went and then start fessing up to having this project? Hmm. Now I'm trying to remember. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been about a year and a half. I think I waited a few episodes. So I would have a bit of something built up before I really started pushing it and talking about it. So I guess it was a small group of people who knew about it at the beginning. And then maybe after episode three or four, then I decided to start putting it out there and going into message groups on Facebook and other social media for expats in Sweden to kind of push it there. Do you have questions? Listen to this podcast. And we all just talk about how we've all humiliated ourselves in Sweden. (laughs) (laughs) That never happens. What are you talking about? (laughs) Of course not. God, it still happens every day. Yesterday I was at a job interview and I, I had the question of, say three words that other people would use to describe you. And I said something like, you know, funny, nice, 
outgoing. And then the Swedish recruiter was a little confused. And I said, outgoing. And she again, so a third time. And I said, what do you think I'm saying? She's like, I think you're saying that people say you're ugly. (laughs) Um, No, outgoing. Like I like to talk to people and do things. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Wow. There's still always... (laughs) you know, accents and misunderstandings, even even now. The interview in English or in Swedish? It was in English. In English. Okay, okay. Wow, that, did they even sound outgoing? Ugly? I guess the first sound kind of sounds like that. Or it's something with my accent, maybe. Um, I think she had her head turned and she was writing things down. So it. Mm-hmm. I guess she didn't like see when I said it. And I don't, maybe she was expecting something else. I don't know. Hey, Good on you for picking it up and asking her, though. That clarification thing alone is a skill. Yeah, I I think that might have ended it. Like, well, I really liked her, but boy, she has terrible (laughs) (laughs) self-esteem. Okay, so we've got your equipment, your audience, your co-host. Do you outsource anything or do you do all of the editing and promotions yourself? I do it all myself. Um, So I do all the editing, which I always say, I make sure that I sound really good. (laughs) Now, I make sure that everybody sounds good and I take out any vocal tics and things like that. But I'm harder on myself because you know how when you hear yourself talk, you just get so annoyed with yourself. Whereas when I hear other people talk, I don't have any problem with what they're saying. I'll, I'll help and take out the vocal things or if they say, uh, or you know, too much. But with me, I might tell a story and then I'll totally cut the entire thing out because I'm like, oh, I hate that story. That story's stupid. <laughs> Whereas I wouldn't do that with somebody else unless they requested it. Very true. And I find myself sometimes during the conversation slash recording, I'll say a story that kind of keeps things going and kind of connects more. That, that How do I explain it? Like it, it kind of feeds into the connection that we're having at that moment, but the listeners don't need to know that. So a lot of times I'm finding now I'm cutting out huge swaths of my own stuff. Oh, yeah. And keeping like what comes out after that. And I never thought I would do that. I'm like, no, everything I say is important. I can't cut it out ever. <laughs> oh, God, no. I cut so much stuff out. We usually talk to somebody for about an hour and then I cut it down to 20 to 30 minutes. But just like wow. the core stuff. Because I I do tend to talk a lot and then we will get off the subject and <laughs> start gossiping about things. If it's something that I think the listeners would be interested in and that yeah. kind of fits the podcast, I'll keep it. But otherwise, I don't keep that in. I don't think it's of interest to anybody. <laughs> in Sweden, where do most people listen to podcasts? Oh, probably Spotify, since that's a Swedish company. <laughs> Oh, that explains it. But the main thing that people are asking me in Germany, can I find you on Spotify? And I'm not used to that. I'm like, oh, wait, well, yes, you can. But wow. Yeah, I I think it's really easy to register with them. And then I also use iTunes. So those are the two things that I use the most. The people I know, I would say it's about the same iTunes and Spotify mainly. Do you publish with an American podcast host or a Swedish one? A Swedish one. Ooh, what's it called? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Heather. (laughs) My my husband does a pretty successful podcast, and I think I'm probably piggybacking off whatever they're using. (laughs) Oh, should we take a second to plug his podcast as well? Oh, well, his podcast is in Swedish. It's about the synth music scene, mainly in Sweden, but also 
globally. So it's called, it's Blue Monday in English, but this is a Swedish podcast, so it's called Blåa Mondag. But you kind of have to speak Swedish to enjoy it and like synth music. <laughs> you never know. There yeah. might be listeners that fit those criteria. So yes, if so, yes. go and find that. <laughs> What kind of podcasting communities are you part of in Sweden or outside, like online or anything like that? Absolutely none. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm quite busy with many projects and other things, sure. and I just haven't really gotten into the podcasting community here, mainly because it's majority Swedish and not necessarily subjects that I'm interested in. Uh, as far as I know, I've kind of found a niche here with doing the expat in Sweden thing, which is why I jumped on it when I realized no one else was doing it that I was aware of or that I've been able to find. But I have joined a lot of expat groups just to chat and see what new people are interested in because I've been here way too long and I get used to things. <laughs> How long have you been there again? 20 years this year. 20 years? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do you think you'll ever call yourself Swedish? That's the weird thing. Yeah, I don't feel fully Swedish. I mean, legally I am. Maybe I'll be one of those people like when it's convenient, I'll call myself mm -hmm. Swedish. And when it's convenient, I'll call myself American. <laughs> There's enough torture to come with the expat hat. We get the ability to do that, and there That's should be right. no shame in it whatsoever. Whatsoever. Yeah, there should be a benefit <laughs> to that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's like when we go and visit in the States, and if I just don't want to deal with annoying salespeople or something, because you know, in the States, you go there, and if you buy something, They're, they're really all in your business, you know. Can I have your mm -hmm. zip code? Can I have your phone number? Can I have this? And it's like, no. So I just always say, I don't live in this country. Oh, where are you from? I'm from Sweden. Oh, your English is very good. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, because when I go back to the U.S., especially when I go back to my husband's state of Idaho, when I say, oh, I don't live in the U.S. right now, they say, oh, are you doing a mission, like a Mormon mission? Oh, Or right. are you in the military? Military, <laughs> I get that no. one. No, neither, neither. I just don't want to be here. Sorry. Yeah, it's like they can't imagine that you would want to go somewhere and not come back. I know. So oh, I have no intention of ever moving back. No, me neither. I don't know. I don't know where we'll end up long term if there is such a place, but um, I can't. I can't see that happening. Okay, for an expat that moves to Sweden and decides they want to start a podcast, do you have one piece of advice that would help them? I mean, just for starting a podcast in general, it's going to take some time to start sounding natural and not think of yourself in front of a microphone. And then if you're in a big city like Stockholm, Malmö, Gothenburg, check around because these open workspaces, so many of them have podcast booths. And some of these podcast booths have the equipment in them. So all you need is your little memory disc. The recording part is easy. That way you can be meeting a stranger, but you don't have to bring them to your house or to your work. So that's <laughs> that's something that makes it easier. That's fine. No, it's a really good tip to have the studio there because a lot of for a lot of people, the thought of getting the equipment to start is intimidating because they don't know where to what to buy, how much to spend, that kind of things. Of course, and it's very expensive to buy your own stuff. I, I was lucky to get the main part used, but then the other things, microphones and microphone covers and all of that, I had to order. And so I had to decide, okay, is this something I want to do for a while? Is it worth the investment? 
So I decided it was, and it's paid off. <laughs> yeah, I've been in studios so far that have like the microphones and the headsets, but they don't have a place to record. So you had to bring your own laptop. And yes. then I've been to studios that have even like a Zoom H6. So they'll right. record it for you, but you have to bring your desk. Like what, what's the norm in studios? Both, both. It's pretty even. I've got two places I go and that's exactly the situation. One of them has everything. So you just bring the memory card. And then the other one only has the microphones and the headsets. So you have to bring your own stuff, which was really bad because I had scheduled a podcast one time assuming that this booth was going to be like the other one oh, no. and so I didn't bring any equipment so but we went out to dinner instead <laughs> so it all worked out <laughs> how much do they usually run in, in Sweden nothing we're socialists what? over here man <laughs> yeah it's totally free you just gotta you just gotta book it the one that I use it's completely free it's a co-working space that's also free so you just get a membership there, which membership is free. So and then you just book the podcast booth as long as nobody else is using it, you can use it. It's, I go to a place that's trying to promote the internet in Sweden and things that are on the internet. So that's why they're like this. They're a nonprofit organization to help startups and things like that. Now I think I some gotcha. of the other ones that are like in a lobby of several offices, sometimes you, if you work there, it's free. And that's usually how I get those is through people who work there and they book them. I think maybe if you go over a certain number of times with your company, you might have to pay, but not me. <laughs> wow. Free co-working spaces. That's amazing. Oh yeah. We have several of those. <laughs> oh my God. I picked the wrong country to move to. Well, weather wise, <laughs> I, I think you're good in, in Berlin. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Right now it's just forever gloomy, but I can't wait for spring. Yeah. Same here. You know, it's been the mildest winter I think Sweden's ever had. We only had two days of snow back in early December. We haven't had Whoa. any more snow. It hasn't been below freezing. And it's uh, very unusual. Really weird. That is shocking. Yeah, very strange. And then uh, the skies are, you know, it's it's always very dark here because of where we are. So we have extremely short days and we don't have much daylight at all. It's just kind of a gray cloud cover. And when the snow comes, it makes it a lot nicer. It it's kind of sets a mood and it lightens things. But with no snow, it is just miserable. <laughs> you just want to sleep all the time. It's uh And... Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying not to do. I'm, <laughs> I'll come home, grab something, drop something off and go out. And my husband's like, do you want to just hang out at home? I'm like, no, I will sleep. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I had to get a cup of coffee before I talked to you because usually after lunch, I'm just, if I'm at home, I'm out of it. So. <laughs> See, I'm not a loony. Yay. <laughs> Very normal. Well, Heather, remind our um, guests where they can find you online. Yes. Uh, so anywhere really that you get your podcast, just type in life in the land of the ice and snow. Hopefully it pops up before you have to type the whole thing. But <laughs> if you just type that in, I mean, we're on Spotify, iTunes, um, what else exists? Um, Podbean. Yeah, I think we're on everything. So wherever you go, life in the land of the ice and snow. Fantastic. And you guys have a Facebook page as well. So yes, we have a Facebook page of the same name as well. And an Instagram. Yeah. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, I love your Instagram. I'll put all that in the show notes, but just in case you guys don't read the show notes, <clears throat> oh, we're saying it here for you. <laughs> that's Thank not you. pod guilt at all. <laughs> Ain't it sad that you've never seen just how beautiful life can be? In fact, if I had to make a call, I'd say you never seen yourself at all. Just a flaw here and a flaw there when you're standing in your underwear. Girl, you don't have to buy anything. Confidence has always been free. Some sweet perfume. That's why I'm here. If you so choose to lose my, 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 your body blues. Well, you're 